when I'm with people. And I feel like with my whole body, I try to let go of many agenda, try to drop into beginner's mind. And with my eyes, with my body language, I try to communicate, you are a hundred percent accepted. Your broken parts, the parts of you that self-sabotage, the parts of you that get in your way, like it is welcome here. I've got all those same parts and like, I'm here for it. And I really am aware of that at every minute of the day. Like that's my work. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Darlings, okay. My first ever guest on the Divine Living Podcast, I barely know where to begin in terms of introducing you to this most special human. Kathy Heller is her name, and let me give you the formal side of things in case you don't know who she already is, and then you are about to see us deep dive into all things so real, so intimate, so fun. But Kathy Heller is known for her most popular podcast based on her book, Don't Keep Your Day Job. It has had about 20 million downloads in just over three years. She is the source of such magic and inspiration. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, HuffPost, Inc. Magazine, Business Insider, and Apple, just to name a few. Held in the highest regard, she is the coach for creative entrepreneurs looking to wake up and live a life they love. Kathy coins the term, purpose is the opposite of depression, as she has dedicated her own life to raising the vibe of people everywhere to live a life they love and desire. In this episode, we just open up our hearts, open up to spirit, open up to all of you. And I know, I know, I know that you're going to enjoy. Blessings. Kathy Heller, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. It is beyond such a joy to have you here. I know I already said this in the intro, but everyone needs to understand that you are in the midst of a modern day mystic. This woman is like the fairy godmother, best friend, wise, sage, business mogul that you must have in your life. And you are going to have the privilege of her presence over the next however long we're talking here today. So Kathy, I'm so honored and delighted to have you here. What a goosebump worthy intro that was. Um, thank you for all the words. And what's so crazy is like, I got my hair blown out the other day and I'm reading Gina's book and like highlighting the crap out of it because it's her words. I tell her like your words are the right keys that unlock the gates to heaven. Like the way you say what you say, I feel like people can hear so clearly the possibility in this world. 
and the ease and magic in this world. And what a beautiful thing to be a lightning rod for. So I'm here for it. And I'm so happy that you did this podcast whole situation because I'm like, Gina, hello. Like, <laughs> let's get the whole world listening to you on constant drip. So now it's here. Well, the whole world needs to know that the reason why Gina DeVee has the Divine Living Podcast is because her friend Kathy Heller made her, forced her. And I'm going to start it out this way too, because I want to be super authentic. You're all going to hear Kathy's story in a minute, but what I really want you to, what I really want to include you in on are the luscious conversations that Kathy and I have all the time. And these are real, they're heartfelt, they're fun, they're funny, and they're also fierce. So I know how to like put my world together and I know how to justify that and I know how to get things done. So I don't feel like I live in an excuse-oriented world. But where I'm backing up the bus here is that I was explaining to Kathy my fall launch schedule and explaining that she was right, that I should do a podcast and that I was going to launch it in January because that's what lined up for my schedule. And this woman, do you remember what you said? <laughs> Having none of it. All reasons, everything points to no, you're doing it now. I'm not sure what the exact words were. Oh, I do. Okay, so this is this is a true friend. Wait, hold on, I gotta, I gotta dial it in. <laughs> first of all, the first word I heard was no. And then, then there was like this leaning in and it was like, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? And Kathy, those words went right into my heart because, you know, I know that I've got areas to grow in and this was just not one that I saw for, oh, I know. And you also said, what's your resistance? And I'm like, what is she talking about? And I couldn't see my own hiding and my own resistance at all. So I'll let you like kind of take it from here. The point is women, we all need friends like Kathy Heller in our lives who love us so fiercely and don't become the sort of cosmic cheerleader and be like, sure, I think January would be great. Even though I've heard that like podcasts are great to launch in January from Kathy Heller later on. <laughs> However, she was like, no. And I took the medicine and I'm so glad I did. So... And you are so generous, Gina, because you do that for everybody. Gina and I have a bunch of friends. We get together and we just like are there to hold space for each other. And like, I think everybody thinks the same thought, which is that like Gina is really the, the designated coach with all the answers. Um, and these are all women who have multi seven figure business. Like Gina, what do you think about that? Um, and she so generously pours into people and you don't, I mean, I'm just so grateful that you do the work you do because very few people's advice cracks me open to a whole nother level of like what could be so. And I love that you do that for everyone. So well, it's, it's a very special, special group we have. And you are the, the ringleader of it that brought us all together. So speaking of cracking open, I'm going to get there in a minute because I've got some questions for you, girlfriend. And I do want to give every, all the listeners an opportunity that if you are not one of the 20 million downloaded listeners that Kathy Heller has on her own podcast. Kathy, would you share with us a little bit about your journey before we dive into our conversation today? Tell us your story. Yes. The whole thing. Yes, my story. So the short of it is that 
And Gina, you say this in your book, and I've always been saying this, and I'm like, we say the same sentence, which is, God doesn't make extras. And you said, like, he doesn't make extra humans. So I know that we all have a divine assignment. And when I was growing up, my mom and dad had a really bad marriage and then a really even worse divorce. My mom was, like, suffering from, like, all these, like, nervous breakdowns and suicidal, almost, we lost her. And, oh, my God, you guys. And being a child in that was just so, so hard. And one thing that I learned early on was like the opposite of depression. What is it? Because I really wanted whatever was the opposite because I saw everyone around me just like not showing up for life. And I realized, you guys, it's, it's not happiness, it's purpose. When people walk in their purpose, when people have enthusiasm, you know, we now know that enthusiasm lights up in the brain more than any other thing. So cool, right? You think like, is it love? Is it hate? It's enthusiasm, right? So this feeling is what I was chasing. And I was unrelenting. Like I, that was my cautionary tale. It was like, I will not be that. I won't wind up in a marriage like that. I won't wind up with abuse. I won't wind up wanting to take my life. God forbid. Like I did not want that. And I wanted to one day have a life that I loved waking up to. And so I came out to LA when I was like 24 and I was like, I'm going to sing songs around the world. And you guys, I didn't know the first thing about getting a record deal or whatever. And I got a day job and I wrote mediocre songs and then the songs got better. And then I got a um, record deal at Interscope and I was signed to Ron Fair and Lady Gaga was in the room. She was recording. I'm your biggest fan of pop. She's recording paparazzi. And I'm like, how is this my life? Like what's going on? Cut to the scene where I'm driving in my little blue Volvo and I pull over on the 10 freeway and Ron Fair says, call me when you get home. And I'm like, Oh God. And they dropped me from the label. And you guys, I went and got a bunch of day jobs. Cause I was like, Oh, here's the part where everyone was right. Dreams don't come true. Grow up, be practical, right? All that stuff they tell you that like, is just what it is. Like it is what it is. I'm like, I'm sorry. 20 years later, it is what it isn't like all that is just like garbage. Right? So I got these day jobs and I was like, God, it sucks to be an adult. Like this is awful. And my friend was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working in a casting office because somebody had a job for me on the ghost whisperer pilot with Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I was just like, oh, I guess that'll be a good um, alternative route. What? It was just a thing. I hated it. And then my friend Kim says to me, if you want to get a job, make money. If you're going to do something you don't like anyway, make money. I go, well, what, how do you do that? She goes, you got into real estate. So I meet this guy in Brentwood. He, he owns commercial shopping centers. And here I am, Kathy Heller, on the phone with like principal investors, setting up meetings for him just to create these like REITs and like tenants in common. I don't even have, what's a cap rate? I don't have a real estate license. Like, what am I doing? One day I'm walking to the elevator and there is a mirror and I see myself in a pantsuit and I don't recognize myself. And I got out of work that day and I burst into tears. I just burst into tears and I said, God, use me. This is not my story. It's not my work. It's not my path. And what you seek is seeking you. And I started asking a new question. Like, is it Beyonce or bust? Or is there a possibility I get to do something that's my work? Like, can I do something I like? Or is it one or the other extreme? And when you ask, it's oh, it's never the answer. It's always the, the question. And that was a really good question. Like, is there an alternative between like, I'm on the road like Taylor Swift, or I'm obviously doing a day job I hate where my soul's completely checked out. Like, no. Mm -hmm. So you guys, right away, I pick up Billboard magazine. I start licensing music to film and TV. And I licensed music to film and TV and wrote songs for Coke commercials and Target commercials and Pretty Little Liars and Switched at Birth and Grey's Anatomy. And I, I got to do music for 10 years. 
And leading us to now, what wound up happening is I was really successful at it. And my friends were like, how cool that you make, I think it was probably about 300,000 a year. You make $300,000 a year getting to write songs for those shows. And oh my God, you went to a premiere and you wrote a theme song for Netflix. That's so fun. And I was like, it is fun. And I had a child and then another child. And when my third daughter was born, one of my friends said, why don't you start a podcast where you would help people who were creative, who, who just like you felt like it was one extreme or the other, or like, well, all artists starve or like, there's no way to be creative and make a living. And I'm married to that story. So she's like, you're so resourceful. Look what you've been able to do in such a competitive industry. And I start this podcast, you guys. And oh my God, it was like at the casino, all the ding, 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 ding. God was like, you finally showed up. Like you thought writing music for, you know, TV was, this is your moment. Like this is it. And the door just sprung wide open. And I've gotten to interview people like Gina and Jen Sincero, who wouldn't be where she is without Gina and Howard Schultz and Bobby Brown and Matthew McConaughey. I was coming up. I can't. No, mm -mm, we can't. We cannot. (laughs) And we won't. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll be passed out on the floor because he's coming on in a couple weeks. But I've gotten to have these incredible epic experiences. And it went from zero to about 20 million downloads in three and a half years. And then I started doing all these programs, iterating and helping people find their thing, Gina. Like I thought when I started a podcast that, okay, don't keep your day job is the name of the podcast. Like, how do you do your dream job? How do you build your work? And you know what I realized? Oh my God, back up the bus, as you said, before people were ready for me to teach them how to build a business. They just wanted to know what their thing is. They didn't know their divine assignment. Mm -hmm. And they were still stuck in like, yeah, I love this show and I'd love to do it. Can you just help me get clarity? And then I found out that that was actually my most magical arrow in my quiver is I could get people through a process and shine such a light on them with such enthusiasm and like really get them to see that they were absolutely created to make a mark in this world. And they got it. They heard it. And then I put them through this, whatever. So now I've been helping all these people and I built a, now I've built this like multi seven figure business, like teaching people how to find their thing, monetize it. They can leave their day job and do their life's work. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. So that is just the tip of the iceberg of the the Kathy Heller vortex. So we'll give all the links and, and, and stuff at the end. So Kathy, I have so many questions for you and I'm just diving in at like girlfriend to girlfriend here. So one of the things I'm most enamored by, by you is the level of genuine depth that you go to, that you get to with people. I've seen it with our friends. I hear it on your podcast interviews and, you know, I have a master's degree in clinical and humanistic psychology, and that's not like my like first deep conversation in my life, but the level of mastery that I see you enter into conversations with is something that I'm curious about. So talk to me about this. First of all, you literally just described yourself, but that's what we're doing all the time. If you spot it, you got it. And it's really what's so. And that's really where the story begins and ends. In fact, the way you reflect to me what I am, no one reflects it to that degree. And I'm always so touched by it. And I'm always like, "Uh uh-huh, because water seeks its own level. And like, that's why, like Gina appreciates the finest thing in life. She appreciates the most beautiful sunset. She appreciates the best clothes. She appreciates the best food. And she appreciates the best 
in humans because you do bring the best. It's mm -hmm. just a fact. I'm really not trying to be nice. I'm really trying to be in the divine download as you always teach me to be. That's really what's coming up for me right now. But the answer to it when I'm saying like, okay, sit back, separate from your reflection, it's because this is so true for me. Like right before I interviewed Rob Lowe recently, right? I felt nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not try to play cool. Like it's freaking Rob Lowe. He's <laughs> hot. And I grew up watching St. Elmo's Fire and all that stuff. And what happens, Gina, is I remember what's really true, which is that what Rob Lowe needs that you and I need, what we all need is the exact same core need. We all just want someone to make space. Mm -hmm. We just want to feel seen. So what I always feel excited about right after I get scared and feel like I'm going to vomit is, oh, I could do that. And when I had Howard Schultz on the podcast, I was crying because I went to Starbucks, you know, just to like get into the zone. <laughs> and like at the time, you guys, he was running for president of the United States of America. You know, the man makes $4 billion a year, a year. And he's married to the same woman for 40 years, which says a lot about him. Like he's checked all the boxes. And I was crying because I felt truly intimidated by him. And I was like, what can I give him that he doesn't already have? And I said, you know what? You can never have enough people who show up and really make space. Where it's not about me trying to impress him because that's not impressive. What's he going to be impressed by, right? Mm -hmm. It's about me really genuinely showing up for him. And so what happened is, you know, I opened that conversation and he winds up saying, I'm, I'm telling you things I never say. I don't know why I'm doing that. And I'm like, what a gift for me you know, that we could actually connect as just two souls. Like, Hey, you're here. You're actually in the room. Me too. Cool. Wow. That brought out a lot. That was so neat. And then things happen because the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And like, like you said, we're here for the co-collaboration, you know, there's something bigger. So I really love that. And I'm also, I, I've always been extremely willing to be vulnerable. I think it's the opposite of what people tend to to do. I think that we think that we need to prove ourselves or get to the table at the dinner and rattle off all of the impressive pieces. And it's like, that doesn't make people lean in. Like mm -hmm. what makes people lean in is the part where you're like, like what you said at the beginning, I'm sorry, I keep giving it to you. You're like, please stop. You can take it. But like you shared, you know, I was hiding. Like she said, like, that's it, Gina. Like that's the up level. Like you're willing to say, here's the whole freaking story. And then people lean right on in. We were talking about Jen Sincero before, which I'm sure people talk to you about her all the time. Like, you did it. You're the one, right? And so nice of her to like literally dedicate the book to you. Like, make no bones about it. Like, this is the person. But she's so vulnerable, right? Like, why is she doing so well? Like, hi, I was in a garage. Love it. You know what I mean? So I, I guess I just know that and I want to disarm everyone. Like my favorite people are, are the couples. When you come to dinner, you're going out on the town, you meet at this fabulous restaurant in LA and the couple gets to the table and they're like, sorry, we're late. We fought the whole way here. You know what happens? You have the best freaking night of your life. You get the better drinks. You have the better conversation because you're there for the real share. So I'm here for the real share. I don't want the fake stuff amazing, amazing. So I love, you use the word disarm. And it's like, I think that we all know at this point, you know, they're like privacy is over. And it's like, we're past thinking that anybody has a more perfect life than anyone else. And yet, as I'm now entering the podcast world and, and reaching out even beyond my own circle. So it's like, I see that, like, I know that everybody wants to be loved and seen and, and feel like they matter. And yet I still am coming up 
to these walls that I use, I, you know, I guess I'm so used to being able to work with, you know, having the privilege of working with clients. And it's a little different when someone has paid you to help transform their life. They tend, not always, but tend to be a little more open. And so I'm like, I think where my curiosity is really coming from with you is like, how do you, when someone is still showing up with that wall, like I have just seen you masterfully like get in there, but I, I didn't see how you got in there. I think part of it is going all into what really is here in the moment. I think like, you know, there's a lot of people that come on TV on January 1st and 2nd, like, hey, you want to crush your goals? You want to lose weight? You want to take a course? You want to do And it's like every single human that you will meet today at the bank, online, getting coffee, everyone next to you, above and below you in the comments and your Instagram feed, all of those people are dealing with some pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm always aware of that. And when it comes to like what you're feeling, we know that like feelings are like visitors. They knock and knock and knock. You let them in. They will go after a while. They're not going to stay forever. It's a visitor. So I feel like just knowing like you've survived a lot and you're here and then just calling that out. So I will say like by the age of nine, I'm sure you got your heart broken because I've been on the planet long enough to know that somebody passed away or somebody walked out or somebody rejected you or someone else. And and look at you, like, how did you do that? So then it's like, oh, that's where we're going, right? Oh, we're really, we're really going to be with what's here. And so going to that place with people and really like, I also really try to get beyond the mask. Like often, like with Rob Lowe, I mentioned before, what came out of me right away, I said to him, I said, yes, everyone behind your back says that you're gorgeous. It's like, enough already. Like it's, it is the thing that people say first about you. I said, but what I'm really impressed about is like the way you're even showing up for me right now. Like there's a humility about you, which is like, that's your legacy. And he was like, thanks for seeing that. You know, like I think Mm. people want to be seen. So when you call out the thing that they're not proving to you, but that you really get, I think that makes them feel oh, she's beyond this and I don't have to keep trying to earn love right now. I think that everyone who walks into my, you know, I love hosting dinner parties and whatever and now I can't so much because of COVID, but whenever someone walks in the room, no matter whether they're like the partner at this firm or this one has a podcast, I always feel like they're walking into a space where it's like, I hope I'm loved and accepted. You know, I was listening to Zach Bush. Do you know Zach Bush? He's a doctor. I don't. Super interesting guy and he's a he works in the ICU and he's the hero type who has to come along when someone's in cardiac arrest and like do the clear, clear and bring them back. And he says it only works 6% of the time. That's the statistic. So most of the time he loses people, which really is hard, but that's his, that's his job. And he said, even before COVID, what he found so fascinating is like on one particular night, he brought back three, three humans. It was a elderly guy, a middle-aged woman and a child. And they all had totally different issues. This wasn't COVID related. And and this is his life, guys. Like this is on the daily. And he said, you know, what's the most fascinating piece? He said, every time I bring someone back, one of two things happens. Either they say nothing about that experience or they say some version of, oh my God, why did you bring me back? Do you know what I experienced? And when he leans in to ask about that experience, the defining characteristic of it is people say, for the first time in my life, I felt 
completely and totally accepted for who I am. Wow. There was like white, loving light. And he said, why does it take that to have that? And then he asked an even better question, which is, that must be what we all want so badly because that experience is so riveting, that feeling. Mm. And so Gina, I feel that way when I'm with people and I feel like with my whole body, I try to let go of my agenda, try to drop into beginner's mind. And with my eyes, with my body language, I try to communicate, you are a hundred percent accepted. Your broken parts, the parts of you that self-sabotage, the parts of you that get in your way, like it is welcome here. I've got all those same parts and like, I'm here for it. And I really am aware of that at every minute of the day. Like that's my work. Like Mm. I am, Seth Godin said to me, he goes, you're a radical encourager, radical. And he's like, and that's really your gift. You believe so much and you love people in such a real way where you just give the love. They don't earn it. You just give it. And then extraordinary things happen for them because they're loved in that way. And I guess that's what I didn't get that I want to give, right? So grateful for that too. Oh, Kathy. I mean, the way I see it is like, you've gotten so, like, so great at being a human. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing you model. Cause like you, like, it seems like so many people are, they're only into certain, certain flavors. They're only into certain parts of their humanness. And like, I don't know that I've ever met anyone so genuinely obsessed with all of it. Like, <laughs> you just, and it's like, it is, that in and of itself is disarming. I think that's the other word for you, for me. Oh, that's so sweet. For you, for me, for the, it's all the same, same, same. <laughs> that's so like beautiful to hear that. And yeah, I'm really like here for the full experience. Like my friend was on my podcast the other day and I was taking notes because she was saying some really good things. And she said to me, what are your passions? Write it down. I'm just curious what comes to you first. And I wrote people. That was the first thing I wrote, like so into people. And then I wrote enthusiasm. I'm like, I'm, I'm passionate about being enthusiastic about life. And then I wrote celebration. Like I want to celebrate it. And then I wrote growth. And then I wrote God. And it's like, that's all that I care about. Like, I don't want to watch TV. I'm not really interested in like, I just, I'll do a little shopping here and there, but like, I'm mostly just interested in like really having the most epic feeling. And I think that comes with accepting and really diving into the parts I, I probably don't want to look at. I want, I want to look at it. I'm like, oh my God, can I grow in this area? Breakthrough. Like, that's so exciting. Oh, I have all this resistance. I love when I'm talking to you or one of our other friends. I was you're so resistant. What's in there? I'm like, oh my God, what is in there? Because then I can kind of like move past it or like know more about myself. Like how awesome I can play at a bigger capacity. So that's really exciting because we all have such survival skills. Oh my God, we're so good at surviving that we get in our own way, left, right, and center. So I'm just here to like knock them all down. Like, <laughs> to like tsunami level. I know when you're like, what's your resistance? Like I just felt the Kathy Heller tsunami coming. And I was like, 
Gina, you have an option right now. Just go with, I'll start the podcast in September. Like you don't even need to figure out your own resistance. I don't even need to be right about it or wrong about it. Like, like Kathy Heller's tsunami was coming at me. And I was like, I'm just, yes, Kathy. Yes, yes, September. You got it. Like, That's awesome. I was like scared to tell you it was going to be like September at the end of September. I know, I like, is that okay? September. I was like, don't be mad. <laughs> I had my next question. Something so fascinating to me of what, what you just said you're lit up about and you didn't mention motherhood. And I know how much you love your children. I just think that this is such a testament to like modern day women. I like, seems like they don't know how to be women outside of whatever the identity may be. And particularly when it's motherhood and want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because we were driving the other day, my girls and I have three girls, four, four, seven and eight. And I went through so much fertility treatment to have each of them never got pregnant. So like this one was six rounds. Then there she finally came this, you know, whatever. So I really wanted to have them. And I don't relate to that, like home economics, like <laughs> designated girl time. Like we were driving the other day and we were listening to the car in the car to fight song from Rachel Platt. This is my fight song. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like my life is my fight song for you guys. Like my life mm-hmm. is that fight song. We're like, I want to show you three, especially because you're women, that you can walk in your purpose and be a mother. And that being a mother can be about, we do these things um, at the dinner table. One of our activities as a family, we just kind of got into it. We imitate each other. So like my daughter, Eliza, who's seven, will imitate. She's like, who's this? And she does like, daddy, can't find my keys. Like she does daddy, right? <laughs> and all my kids have a different imitation of everyone, except they all have the same one for me, which is they walk in the room as if I'm walking out of my office and they go, that was so good. That's their imitation of me. You wouldn't believe that call. You wouldn't believe who I just talked to. It was so good. I'm so pumped. Like that's their imitation. I'm like, I'm here for it. Like I want my life to be their fight song. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I want being a mother to be about like, I get to show up and do this work and we're all here to serve. Like, and they get to be a part of it. And it just, the work helps me be even more present with them. And then having them in my life gives me even more to give back. And so I guess I don't separate them from the like purpose and people and enthusiasm and celebration. It's like, and it, and then it's, it's not that. And then I go be a mom. It's like, no, no, no. Like that is it. Like all of this mm-hmm. is me being a mom. So what, and I can't believe that these are the questions that are coming up, but they are. So we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> Because I'm like, the motherhood is not my conversation, but this one's coming up. So uh, <laughs> what advice do you have for the mothers out there who have lost their identity in motherhood? Well, I know exactly why this is coming up because you're extremely intuitive and you can feel in to the fact that my entire journey is a response to my mother. <sighs> and it is. And you're like, oh, this is where it's all coming from. Like, this is what's fueling it. Mm -hmm. And it is because before I had kids, I was like, oh my God, if I have a kid, I'll lose myself. My mom didn't have a self. And my mom, interestingly enough, to go deeper with that, 
she was in her high school yearbook most talented. You know, they picked senior superlatives. She had this gorgeous black bob. She looks like, my mom looks like Anne Bancroft meets Natalie Wood. We have different coloring and she's super dark and gorgeous. And she was the lead in her senior musical and the lead in every play, even since a freshman. When she graduated from high school, her understudy in the senior play was this girl, Ellen Green. There was an audition for Little Shop of Horrors. My mom and Ellen were going to go to this audition together. And my mom said, but I can't. Now it's over for me. I have to be real. I have to go be a housewife, a mother. My mom got married to her 18-year-old boy and all the stuff. Ellen went into the city audition for, for Little Shop and she was Audrey. She was Audrey in Little Shop and in the movie, both. OMG. And I have chills right now. She was my mom's understudy all through high school. Never got the lead. My mom always got it. My mom told me that story as she brushed my hair. She told me that story as she made macaroni and cheese. She told me that story when she tucked me in. And the end of the story was, but I gave it all up for you. Mm. And she couldn't get out of bed. And her husband put his hand through the drywall and then left her for another woman and then came back and then left her for another woman and then took all the money. And she, from the age of like 36, was saying, I gave up everything. I gave up everything. I have nothing. And what was it for? And what was it for? And she pulled the covers literally over her face. And even though she didn't have a job, I was a latchkey kid who went back and forth on the bus. My grandmother bailed us out so we could live in a, all she could give us was an apartment. We lived in a little apartment in South Florida, which if you're living in an apartment in South Florida, you're really hurting because it's not, it wasn't expensive to live down here then or even now. And Gina, that was not going to be me. Mm-hmm. So with every child, I don't know if you remember that part of my story. My daughter was 10 days old, my third daughter. I'm like starting the podcast. I started writing songs when I had my first one. I was on the epidural drip in the labor room, signing my first big license. Then with my second daughter, I I cut out this part because I want to make this story quick, but I started an online class actually called Six Figure Songwriting with my second daughter. And that was me doing my first foray into like, how can I be the Amy Porterfield of the songwriting world? And I was teaching people like, well, I already got the result of songwriting every single year, at least 40 different placements for film and TV. And that class made a million dollars. And that was actually crazy. I launched with a webinar with not one slide with a pregnant belly, like not knowing what I was doing. So like with every child, I actually made it my mission to be like, what is the other yes for me right now? Like how else can I show up? And it says in the Talmud that children actually bring mazel, which is blessing and creativity. And it's true. Like with every kid, I only grew my business more. Like it was only more of a business, not less of a self. It was like more of me getting to iterate. And I got the kid too. Isn't that fun? Wow. 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 So no wonder my fall launch schedule had no room in your excuse category (laughs) with like no kids and like, I'm going to wait till January. Got it. Got it. Got it. And it's just, it's so fun to watch you just like thrive in your career and thrive in your personal life. You know, like seeing you with your girls and the stuff you guys do like in the afternoons and weekends and Oh, the look on her face with the donut tasting, uh, the arched eyebrow. I, 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 I know. I, don't, I actually haven't told you this, but like your daughters, and, and I'm not a kid person, like I'm just not. And your daughters infuse such a sense of joy. I remember one time Aww. I was having like a down feeling and I was scrolling your Instagram for when there were videos of Maddie dancing. 
like you're like you're the joy that you go <laughs> so through life sweet. With that is so, so sweet. infused in those children it's like i needed a maddie dance to like get my groove back it is, it's so epic her dances it's so cute we have a homeschool teacher situation right now because of COVID. And so we did a pod with another family and the teacher's here and Maddie's four. And my oldest is like not loving it. So she just wants to play tennis all day. So she wa- my Maddie walks in and says in front of everyone, including the teacher, and she has a big list. Gabrielle said the teacher, the witch. And I was like, great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So good. <laughs> and we're all laughing and Gabrielle like is hiding. And then the teacher goes, it's fine. And then, and then the teacher, Maddie one ups it because the teacher goes, you're so sweet. And Maddie goes, I'm not sweet. I'm spicy. And I go, you're spicy. And she goes, yeah, like a chili sauce. I'm like, chili sauce. <laughs> all right. She just is like her own human. So funny. Oh, it's so beautiful just to see you like, let them be themselves too, because you're so modeling that for them. Like you're so being yourself. So that's, that's awesome. All right. Where do we want to go next? I have questions for you. Uh, Let me just tap in here. I want to talk about your spiritual path because I'm always so like, you'll drop these nuggets here and there about you're like, the Talmud says this. And then when I lived in Jerusalem, that, and your genuine sense of spirituality. It's so, I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to out myself on something. I'm not going to get into the details, but I, I called Kathy not that long ago and I was very resentful with a particular, it was a particular client dynamic and I didn't want to be in that state. And so I was like, as much as I didn't want to be in that state, I was definitely much more attached to being right than happy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the Sicilian called Kathy, basically, is what happened. And I was like, can you effing believe me? And like this. But I had enough grace to ask her, what do you think I should do? And I was so annoyed with the depth of your clean energy. And your very true spiritual guidance. And I was like, and I went with it. And so, I don't know, I just like to open up the floor in this space for you to either talk about your studies or what you've learned or like how you've gotten to that foundation. Uh, I love that you asked me about that because for so long I was hiding. I was actually on my own podcast, like, I wanted to say the word God so many times and I was like, oh, people will be offended or people won't like you. Like that was another piece of resistance I had to kind of meet and face. And so like two years in, I was like, all right, I'm just saying it. Like I'm really into God. If you're not, replace it with what you want. If it means you're going to leave now because I use the word, so sorry. Like I just have to be fully myself. And what's interesting is that I didn't grow up with that connection my parents were, were all Jews, but were they were totally secular. So like I had a bat mitzvah, but I didn't know why I was having a bat mitzvah. The only things I knew about Judaism were Woody Allen movies, which were great. I knew there was locks and bagels, which now I love, but at the time I didn't. And it was like a lot of Holocaust stuff, which just seemed like the biggest downer of all. So there was nothing really there that was so enlightening. And then I'm such a truth seeker. Like after my parents' whole mess, when I went to college, I have a decent singing voice, so I could have done like a theater program, a music program. And I was like, as long as I'm going to be here, like I can barely function. So I need a reason to wake up. 
And so I was talking to a friend and she's like, you know, you could read books on religion and like get it, like they'll give you a degree. I'm like, no way. Like, that's awesome. So I went to the humanities department and they're like, yeah, you could take classes in any religion you want. And then like filter it, like, like add in like any anthropology class. And I'm like, I'm so in for that. So Gina, I was actually a graduate with a degree in religion. I did not know undergrad. Yeah. So I did, I took like Christianity classes and Southeastern Asian religion and Sikhism, Taoism, Jainism. And I didn't take a Judaism class because I was like, I've been there, done that. Don't need to know any of it. (laughs) And then I needed to fill more credits. And like the only classes I didn't take were those. I was so much more interested in everything else but my own life because I thought I knew it. And oh my God, I started reading... Heschel and Martin Buber and Rev Soloveitchik and mysticism and, and real Kabbalah, like from like, I'm talking like centuries ago. And I'm like, what is this? It was so beautiful that I couldn't believe this was my tradition. And I was robbed of it. Like I had never heard it. Not only that, but my parents were like, we're so embarrassed by it, or they didn't know it. They didn't know it. Right. My, I mean, you, t- you talk about my grandparents coming from Holocaust survivors. Like no one knew anything at this point, like little babies dropped off in a new land. All they wanted to do was be n- anything but Jewish so that they wouldn't get killed. So it was like, Nobody knew anything. And then I went on this little trip to Jerusalem and I was going to be there for two weeks. And I cried so hard. I knew that the truth, it was like, God is a local call when you're standing there. Hmm. It's local. Like you feel it. There is no denying it. That's why everybody wants it. Like it's so unbelievably special. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. And so the two weeks turned into two months and the two months turned into two years and the two years turned into almost four years. And I lived in Jerusalem and I wore long flowy skirts that were like tie-dyed with like cool sandals. And I lived in King David's old city with 3,000 year old cobblestone streets that are really slippy in the winter because they've been standing there for a long time. And I prayed my guts out and I learned books in the real text, like in Aramaic and in Hebrew. And I, every one sentence that I learned, you needed like an hour to unpack how much wisdom and depth and holiness was in it. And I didn't want to leave. And I got to a place where I said, but I want to serve. And I felt like it was the back of the book with all the math answers, you know, at the back of the math book, all the odd answers. And I was like, but all the answers are here. And I want to be in the space where I can still actually not know all the answers. I don't want to keep looking in the back of the book. I want to figure it out. And whatever answers I got, if it's the first 16 out of the first, you know, 400, I want to go share that. And the biggest of the answers was one of my rabbis, who's one of the holiest people I know, lives in the old city of Jerusalem. And he actually used to fly into LA every six weeks to study with Kirk Douglas and Goldie Hawn, which was just a fluke. He's like, not, he's not trying to get up on there, but like they, one of them met him on a trip to Israel and he's so the real deal. Anyway, what he taught me was you're a masterpiece, a piece of the master. And um, the day you were born was the day God said, the world can't live without you. Hmm. I need you here. Hmm. And he said, your soul looked at your life and signed on to the mission. You accepted the assignment and you have a big assignment. And I cried my eyes out, Gina, because we all have experienced different kinds of love and things in our life. But for me growing up, love was earned. And what I realized is that if it's love, if it's actually love, it can only be given. If it's something else, even if it feels kind of interesting or it's not love, it's something else. Love can only be given and God gives you grace and you can't earn it. 
He just gives it to you. Mm-hmm. And Rabbi, his name is Rabbi David Aaron. He wrote a book called Endless Light. He's like such the real Kabbalist, like not like the, you know, fit, whatever, you know, like, you know, yoga, it gets watered down and there's like, I'm a yogi, not real. Like he's like real deal, like Kabbalah. And um, he said, Kath, if God had a refrigerator upstairs in heaven, your picture's on it. And I said, but what do I have to do? And like, you know, there's all these rules. And he said, does it say anywhere that the more you do, the more you're loved or it's all or nothing? I said, I guess not. And he said, all of these are ways to connect with that consciousness, right? All of these rules, you know, there are ways to ground yourself and to direct yourself. So we have a guidebook of like, what's an objective truth here? You know, what really matters? It's wisdom. It's like a, it's like a manual to, to live life. And he just wants a relationship with you so badly. And he wants to just give you. And if you did no other rule in your life, he's so proud of you. And I just started bawling. He was like, just you walking through this world. What an incredible ambassador for kindness, for love that you, you already are. So good for you. And it gave me my whole life, Gina. It gave me everything in my life. And then when I came to LA, I just saw the world that way. And I think you and I were like, really into just manifesting it. Like, and I think the reason that is true is because we just see through those lenses of like, you were writing in this in your book, like to God, it's all so easy. It's, everything's majestic. No problem. Right on top of that. We'll give you a double order. Right. It's like, I just got that. So I always felt like this, my friends would be like, you're so naive. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I think it's like around the corner. And then the other thing is I kept going back to like, where can you use me? So I don't know if you remember in the story, but at one point when I was dropped from the label and then I was working this day job and I went in the car and like, I said, like, God, like put me in service. Like, I don't think this is my work. Mm-hmm. I got lost. I got off my path. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, where can you use me? Where can you use me? And the songs I wrote for Film and TV were all these kinds of songs, by the way. Like my, the song that got licensed the most is called Let Your Colors Shine. And it's, have, it's about how every single one of us has something unique and like we're supposed to be a part of that tapestry and we need to add that color or, or else the quilt's not complete. And mm-hmm. so all the songs were kind of this thing, but eventually I got led to doing, doing it in an even more explicit way. And so now I feel like my job is to like tap everybody in on their assignment, which is like so fun. It's so, so, so glorious to see. Like, the line that's coming to me from the scriptures, they're like, glory to glory. I'm like, that's what I see you. But you know, it's like, you like, just move into this beautiful dream home in Florida, and you're having a blast with your girls, and you're interviewing Rob Lowe and Matthew McConaughey, and you know, have epic launches in your business. And it's like, glory to glory. And, and I think, know that for the world to start seeing feminine leadership and women like you modeling, it's not this either or, and it's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be the struggle and you're not supposed to do stuff that you don't like. And it's not like, when's the other shoe going to drop, which I don't even understand what that like saying even means, but it's, you're just such an exquisite role model of living life going from glory to glory, embracing all of your humanness along the way. Um, I know that you, you, you make it look really easy, but it was like, it was interesting hearing you say that you were intimidated to interview Howard Schultz. Cause I think the rest of us are now like 
you know, what's she going to do? Have Michelle Obama next? You know, it's like, like what, like my producer actually said, she's trying to get out the vote. Would you interview her? And I go, hell no. I'm like, no, I'm not interviewing the Obama. She's like, yeah, either one of them would do it. They're saying they're trying to do as many podcasts. I'm like, not happening. Like I what do you think I am? Like, I'm just going to sit down what? with a, a president. Like, no problem. Like, how's it going? What? Have oh, some coffee you with me. so talking about this Michelle situation. I mean. I know. In the end, my husband's like, you have to. Have like, to. you have to gain the courage because you're, you're going to do it. So I said to my producer, I'm like, okay, I guess. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I had to force you. <laughs> but there's a limit. Like, Oprah, right? Like, that hasn't, that ship hasn't called me yet. But like, if that, I'm like, not ready, not ready. Please don't, please don't. Anyways. But I want to say something about what you just said about the shoe dropping, because mm-hmm. this really is, mm, I see this so much in people. And I even notice it in myself where you, you know, it's like the gay Hendrix upper limit, like BS. Mm-hmm. And he's so great. We're in that book. He's like, how happy are you willing to be? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do it 20% of the day? Or is that too much? Like, it's an amazing way to spin the question. And it's because Brene Brown says in her research, she knows that like joy is the scariest emotion, mm-hmm. like full on, like Because when you're in a state of joy, you let go and your walls drop. So then I'm not protecting myself and something bad might happen. And, and going back to what I said a few minutes ago, it's like every one of us has suffered so much, like really being on this planet, this is like soul school, you know, like this is like, there's work here. Mm -hmm. So there's lessons and there's things that happen. And what we do is we, we give ourselves this amazing strategy, which is I just won't, I won't be that disarmed again. I won't fall in love that deeply. I won't dream that far. I'll just sort of play cool and play it down and damp it down because the shoe might drop. And what I realized, Gina, just listening to you the other day, you were talking to one of our friends and giving her some like amazing advice on like charging more and like, and you said this thing, I'm not joking. I've already now repeated it so many times. You said this thing where you're like, if somebody doesn't have $444 in 2020, it's like pitiful because that's not this, that's not the problem of this moment. It's just not the problem of this moment. And I started thinking she's right. Like in 1900, when you had to travel on horseback to like, maybe find the one merchant who would buy this thing from you, like that was hard. Like that actually required, right. But today when, if you get scrappy and resourceful, you can make money in your pajamas. You can create content. You can, you can do like, there's just so many ways to make all the money right now. There's so many easy ways to do it. And so I realized, wait a minute, this is like, if you're playing Super Mario Brothers, like this is like the first world level, not first world, meaning first world, meaning like in the worlds of Super Mario Brothers video game, this is like the first level garbage problem. The real problem is when you have it all and you let go of the upper limit, then you have the more interesting problems to solve. You know, it's like, it's not, is the shoe going to drop? Can I really receive this much? Can I have so much glory? It's like, how about the fact that like, even when you're on that level of Michelle Obama, Oprah, whoever it is, and you're just there, you're there to receive it all. You're still going to have some challenge, but they're more interesting challenges. Like how am I being a custodian of this wealth or how am I really showing my gratitude and enjoying this? Or what new problem can I solve in the world? Or how can I really meet my potential? Like, I just feel like people need to hear that because it almost gives them permission to have more knowing that there will be a problem. Like we cannot receive more unless we know that it won't be too joyful. And I'm saying, yeah, there'll be problems, more interesting problems to solve, but there's, there's still stuff, you know, it's just that you got to let go of like that shoe drop problem. Cause like, that's that, that's not even that interesting. It's so, oh, you're, you just described it so beautifully. It's like humans have gotten so used to 
just surviving. And what this new era and what you're doing in feminine leadership, this is about thriving. And this is about really letting us get out of this caveman mentality where we're just like there to have like a roof over our head and food on the table. Like how often do we hear women say, well, I should be happy. I have a roof over my head and food on the table. Oh my God. Right? And it's like, we are fortunate enough to be living at this time on the planet where we are the ones who are meant to be thriving right now. Like those, there are different challenges for different generations and, you know, financial provision is is not meant to be. Yeah. And it's really interesting because when I read when I reread, because I've already read them, but when I reread Jen's books, mm-hmm. I like hear you talking because I know, I mean, I had her on. I, I know she even gives it to you. Like, this is where I learned it from. You know what I mean? Like, she, she's the one who really drilled it into me. So I, I know these are really your ideas. But she says in there, I just thought it was so beautiful the way she says in You Are About Us and Making Money, she says, everything in nature was designed to live to its full potential. Like before the last sunsets on the last day, you were designed to flourish to your fullest. Designed to. Like there's no oak tree that's like, I'm too tall. They better cut me down, right? Right. It's like every eagle, every rainbow, every sunflower, every lamb, every everything was designed to have its full arc. The strapping muscles and the big bushy fur and the like the whatever the, the big eyes and the the climbing the mountains and like and then the sunsets on the last day and she said and the uh, I'm looking at that and I'm like oh my god she said that and I'm thinking the only species that doesn't do that is us because mm. we play small because we you know mm. and and then she says in that same chapter and maybe this is you know part from your you're probably like yep these are the conversations we had but she says something I never knew which is the Latin word of desire is means like of the father. And that all your desire is like, it's, it's put in there for a reason to help you, to help you be yourself, to help you find your destiny. And I'm like, yes, like, yes, 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 yes. So good for you for having those conversations with her. Cause boy, did she get it out there? Ah, uh, oh, so, so good. All right. So in the desires, like what, what I want to ask you. Like, what was a desire you had? Maybe it was like asking a particular guest on a podcast. Like, like, what was the thing? I mean, or maybe it's the Michelle Obama thing now, but like, I, I want to dial it back for people who are like maybe starting their own podcast or starting their business or um, just like really meeting up with their own resistance for getting to their glory state and getting to their desire. Like, what was an earlier on one for you? And what did you do to like get over yourself to get through it? To get over yourself to have my desire. What did I do? I mean... What was the desire to... Let's anchor that in and then we'll see what you did. Well, I mean, with the podcast even, like I had this desire because it felt like I could be more visible and that I could possibly get into people's people's ears and 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 do this thing and that felt really exciting but what happened was I recorded an episode and um I didn't like the way I sounded and so I went in my closet and re-recorded it and then I re-recorded it again and I recorded it eight times that day and I was sweating and my husband had taken all three of the kids out and my youngest was like 10 days old and I knew they were like wanting to come back home and I'm like eight hours later I mean I kept re-recording the entire thing <laughs> And I was like, I'm not doing this podcast. Like, it's just, 
not going to happen. And it was because it was all the, who am I to say this? And I'm not saying it well enough. And there's already enough out there and there's nothing new about what I'm saying. And, Mm. and, and I realized what I was going to do to get over it was two things. One, I was going to accept that it's not my job about the outcome part. And we, we talked about this recently, but my rabbi taught me this. He was like, your job is showing up when you get that hit of this is what I desire. This is what I want to do. You go and do it. And then you leave the rest to God. Like if people are meant to listen or if you're just meant to record it and then you happen to send it to one friend who happens to listen, but that sparks a conversation and the whole thing opens up. Like you don't know why you're doing it, but that's your job every day to find your edge and to find that little light in the corner that's like flickering and you have to go to it to figure out what that clue is. That's your job. And then if you've done it, you've done your job. So it doesn't even matter. And what I've realized, Gina, is that as I've gone through my life, it really isn't the outcome that actually makes me feel what I think it's going to feel. And they've done studies like the day after this person wins the Oscar, they're kind of actually sad. There's like an anticlimax because we, mm-hmm. we assume that getting the Oscar or having the wedding or but it's going to do all these things and it, it, it doesn't quite do what we, we think it's going to do. And so really the satisfaction is just the growth and like meeting your edge. Mm-hmm. So if that's really where the win is, Now I'm like, oh my God, like I was telling you today, I needed to have a conversation with someone that was challenging just in my personal life. And I didn't want to. And I was like, oh, but that's the satisfaction for me today. It's not getting to do all the fun things that even feel, it's like, that's my edge today. So like, if I want that real satisfaction, I want to grow and and force myself to do it. And then it it lets go of of what's supposed to happen or or whatever else. And you've always said, I repeat this all the time, the best therapy is like build your own business. Like that's the best personal development work. And it is because that satisfaction keeps coming as an opportunity because you keep meeting new edges. Oh, now I have to reach out to guests. Oh, now I have to know how to like handle myself on this episode with Gretchen Rubin. Does she know I'm three episodes in? How did she even book her? Why, Why is she here? You know, like all those things happened and it was so good for me. I grew so much from that. Oh, well, I think this advice is the perfect note to end on because I can personally attest to what a difference it made in my life. I was getting ready to do a launch recently and I was so excited about the launch and I was so excited about the offer and I was so excited about all the things that were happening. And then my Capricorn goal-oriented, results-driven part of me, like I looked at like, what were my goal numbers? And it really started to mess with me. And I could just like feel myself starting to self combust. And when I called you and like, you just, you, you broke me out of it. You're like, what are you doing in God's business? <laughs> Glenn laughed so hard. He's like, what Kathy said? She asked me what I was doing in God's business. <laughs> like, my job is, And I was like, oh, that's right. I get to just show up, be me, have fun. And the rest actually isn't my business. It's just been life-changing, relieving, got me back to center. So thank you for your wisdom, for being you, for loving being human as much as you do. It's kind of making me more into it. Thank you for all of your (laughs) goals and your big thinking and just living your glory to glory life. It is such an inspiration. And 
I obviously want to talk to you so much more, but I want to respect your time. Please tell everyone, everyone must go subscribe to her podcast. You must buy her book and you must follow her on Instagram. And we're going to give you all the links. Everything will be in the show notes. But Kathy, where can people get in touch with you, stay connected with you? What are the goods? Okay, two quick things. One, I'm going to answer your question. And two, I have to say something that you just did that helped me for my launch. And I'll say it in, in one minute flat. You can follow me at, at kathy.heller, Kathy's of the C on Instagram. And the podcast is Don't Keep Your Day Job. And come listen because Gina is on and she is fantastic. So check out that episode. And then stick around for Matthew McConaughey because he's awesome too. Okay, but listen, I want to say this to your audience really fast. So I was in the middle of doing my launch a couple of weeks ago and I called you and said, I'm getting in my head about it. And you said something I've never heard and it was so brilliant. You're like, Kath, anyone can get paint by numbers, mediocre. Here's this girl who's prepared with like your four things and then the five things and fill out this. She said, but what's really epic is just you showing up and being available for the divine download, like whatever is going to come in and just let it come through. And it gave me so much permission to like, stop trying to like deliver a paint by number. As you said, mediocre, like you want to do a thing? Step one. So she's like, and just really be in the moment for the co-collaboration. And I was like, what the most epic thing did you just say? So God bless you. May you just continue to be not just protected and healthy and safe, but like living the most radiant version of you. And like, may the doors just keep flying open to the greatest opportunities to not only shine your light, but receiving just the most delicious things that he made. Thank you. We'll stay close. <laughs> okay. Happening. Stay close. <laughs> Kathy, thank you Thanks so for having much. me. As always, so mind-blowing, amazing, uplifting. I love it. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. All right, gorgeous. I hope that this episode has been such a blessing in your life. And if you are looking to further elevate your life and discover the unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life, get a copy of my book, The Audacity to be Queen Today. It's filled with 20 page turning chapters. This book is designed to unlock your truest potential, reprogram your mindset, and have you living the life you've always imagined. You can get it at divineliving.com forward slash book and dive into all things queen today.